hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pure Nintendo Podcast. This is your weekly dose of all things Nintendo. And this week we have a very special episode. It happens to be our Game of the Year episode. So we're wishing you all a happy new year. But before we get into 2024, let's reflect on the year that was. And 2023 was a very big year, as it turned out. Uh, so we're going to count down our top 10 games of the year before we have our official Pure Nintendo list. But let me introduce who's with me today. I have with me my uh, biggest Godzilla fan ever. It is Kirk. Welcome back, Kirk. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. And joining me again this week, I also have Trev. Welcome back, Trev. Hello. For the final time in 2023. Yeah. Yes. And welcome back after a, a short absence, but it's our, our esteemed leader and founder. It is Justin. Welcome back, Justin. Hey, everyone. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. And what an exciting show. I'm um, I've been looking forward to this for weeks to talk about our games of the year. I know Trev's been uh, working very hard behind the scenes to get our official team list together. So thank you, Trev. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's been tough. It's been tough to come up with a top 10 list and it always is tough, but this year seems harder than usual for some reason. So I'm sure you guys will agree, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have some, you know, discussion points along the way, I'm sure. But if we're ready, let's just kick things straight off and get right into it. And we're going to, we're going to follow the same format as last year, where we count down from 10 to 1 uh, individually. We'll each do 10, we'll each do 9, we'll each do 8. So we're going to start off with Kirk, if you're ready to give us your number 10 pick for 2023, please. I, I am ready. And speaking of Godzilla, in a way, uh, my <laughs> number 10 pick was a game called Terror of Hemosaurus, which is a arcade action game. It's published by Games by Lauren Lemke um, and is very reminiscent of Rampage, if you remember that from the arcades. I do. Mm-hmm. I love Rampage. And then you would love this game. It's a bigger version of it with more scrolling, more action. You know, like Rampage was one screen. This one, you you kind of scrolled left to right, but has, mm-hmm. it has a whole climate catastrophe plot line, which was both sad and hilarious at the same time. Um, and is just a lot of fun, especially for multiplayer. It's that kind of action multiplied by 10, and it just has some huge action moments with so many buildings exploding and collapsing on each other. Uh, total joy for the end of the earth. Cool. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> the end of the earth. That sounds really fun, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. This is good because this list, hopefully, you know, items like that, games like that, uh, if listeners haven't heard of that, or even if I haven't heard of that, then it's something uh, worth checking out. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an indie game, right, Kirk? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And and a fantastic one. It doesn't last long. It's it's kind of a short game, but it's great to pop out from time to time when you have friends over and just want some crazy, easily accessible action. Uh-huh. Yeah, you had me at rampage. I think. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Well, I will go second. So my number ten game, and I don't know how to limit this to just like thirty or sixty seconds because it's it happens to be Fire Emblem. <laughs> Which came At out? Ten? Yeah, I know, Kirk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm You're out. Eight... <laughs> I know, and you guys have why... fun. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I I don't know how this list came together. It was very hard, like I said, and I really was making excuses for this because looking at it now, I'm like, why is I'm ten? But it's just it's been a tough year. Okay, it's been a tough year. Right, well, at least it's there. Uh, so you'll be okay. even, uh, you know. It's even worse for me to say that Fire Emblem wasn't even on my list because I forgot it even existed <laughs> this year. 
until well, it came out early in the year, right? Yeah, it was an early release. That's fair. You may have it thought was, it was 2022. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. But uh, <laughs> Fire Emblem, I mean, this was a, a return to form, I think, for Fire Emblem. And Kirk, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about it. It's definitely on your list, I'm sure. But yes. I know you. <laughs> Spoiler alert, yes. Uh, it was such a fun game to get back into after, you know, what seemed like a while and, you know, since Three Houses was quite a departure from the typical formula that we've seen. Um, this was this was such a, a breath of fresh air to get back into that classic Fire Emblem action. And it just looked lovely as well. You know, they always do. You know, the characters, the the combat, it's all just wonderful. So I don't, probably don't need to gush about it too much. I'll leave that for Kirk. But that is my number 10 game. Um, probably deserves a little bit higher, but there you go. <laughs> Let's move on to Trev. Save me, Trev. What's your number 10 game? Believe it or not, my number 10 game was the most difficult to choose for mm. whatever odd reason. I probably had six or seven different games move out of that slot um, over the past few weeks. But I ended up settling on a game called Dave the Diver. Nice. Which is a game I first heard of from Justin um, on a podcast a few months ago. And of course, Gemma, you reviewed that one and uh, mm-hmm. scored it highly. And after I read that, I said, this is a game I got to check out. And um, I haven't gotten super far into it, but my wife's also playing it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games, even if you haven't played it, like I was talking to a pure Nintendo contributor uh, earlier today, actually, day of recording. And he's like, yeah, you can see the love that was put into it. And uh, I think that is is worthy of a spot on my list. Is it indie? Is it not? You know, that's a debate for another time. But uh, yeah, Dave the Diver, my number 10. Excellent. I'm glad that made it, Trev. I was hoping you would uh, get a kick out of it. So <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, Justin, would you like to give us your number 10, please? Yeah. So yeah, number 10, um, I'm, I'm a big Pokemon fan. Um, and uh, yeah, coming at number 10 is the Detective Pikachu Returns game. So oh, nice. Um, uh, I know, you know, for those that have probably looked into it, I think it, it had, you know, kind of middle of the road reviews and um, it is fairly like easy, you know, it does, it, you know, it skews towards being very easy, but that's kind of par for the course for a game that's, you know, not necessarily designed for, um, uh, you know, adults necessarily, but uh, still, still a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it has a lot of fun little puzzles and it kind of scratched a little bit of that itch for like a Professor Layton game, which I'm, mm. I'm excited uh, yeah. about, uh, about the new one that's coming out. Um, hopefully sure. next week, maybe 2025, but um, yeah, Detective Pikachu Returns. It's, it's worth a, worth a play if you can maybe get it on a discount or something like that. I think it is already a $40 or $50 game. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's but. awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that made your list. It was, to be honest, that was one of the ones that rotated for me, but it didn't get high enough reviews. So I thought I probably shouldn't put it in, but I did enjoy it. So that wasn't like an honorable mention for me, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Let's move back to Kirk. What is your number nine title? Number nine is going to be my first JRPG on the list. This one <laughs> is The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure which was the sequel to Trails from Zero, um, both of which are obviously part of the Legend of Heroes universe. And I believe these were originally released on the PSP. They got late Nintendo Switch releases. 
Um, the reason it makes it is even though because we do revert back to the type of gameplay and graphics that we had on those older systems, it was really indicative of how great the stories are. Uh, because the the stories, the characters were just as good here as they were on the Cold Steel games, which were released for the Switch also and have a much more modern style gameplay. Um, so it was just great to be able to go back and play these older games and have as much fun with them despite their age that I did with the more modern ones. Excellent. Very cool. So it's the first of many JRPGs, I'm sure, that we'll be hearing mm-hmm. about today. <laughs> there, Yeah, we'll talk about a few. <laughs> nice. That well, game was actually one of Metacritic's, I think that was in the top 20 for highest reviewed Switch games. So that's yeah. cool that it made one of our list. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, not yeah. surprised by that at all. It really, like if you look at these old games and think, yeah, you know, like it looks too old or you just want a more modern experience, don't do that with this one. If you're at all into JRPGs, uh, you'll love mm. it, <laughs> provided you played Trails from Zero first. Yeah, right. Okay. That's a prerequisite to have that on your Yeah. Belt. Yeah. This yeah, is okay. a very complex universe that you have to work your way through and uh, you got to start from the start. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Thank you for that tip. Uh, my number nine is Advance Wars 1 and 2, which uh, is another tactical kind of uh, turn-based battle kind of game. Uh, I think everyone knows Advance Wars. It's got a long history. Again, it was a bit of a return. See, this is the issue that I have because it's a re-release of sorts. You know, it's a com- combination of two uh, earlier titles that were, what were they, like DS titles or something. Um, they're obviously HD graphics, you know, updates, etc. And I've been clamoring for an Advance Wars title on the Switch for a very long time. So naturally I was super excited when this came out. And it's, you know, it's it's great. It's wonderful. Um, it's just the only downside is it's not new content. Of course, if you have never played Advance Wars before, then it is new content. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit like another game on my list that is completely new for me, but we'll get to that later. Um, but it is wonderful. It's, you know, graphically looks, they've updated it you know, the visuals uh, in a really nice way. It's just as fun to play as it was on the DS. Um, I thought I might miss the stylus a little bit, but no, it's still, it works well. It's really fun and engaging. Um, yeah, so I had a really good time with that one and I was very happy to see it. I think it was, this is meant to be a, a 2022 game. So it was actually delayed a whole year um, due to uh, other global issues so it was good to finally have it released on the switch what i'm looking forward to next is maybe something new in the series so we'll see what if that ever eventuates depending on how this went sales wise i guess but yeah that's my number nine trev what's your number nine so in the number nine slot i had um warrior move it <laughs> which cool. is sort of i guess the warrior games are a little bit b tier as far as nintendo uh, developed games go but uh, I really I really like this the, the, probably the only reason it's not higher on the list is it's really you'll have more fun playing that with friends than you would uh, you know on your own but uh, yeah we quite enjoyed it my wife and I played through it and a lot of fun uh, you know micro games uh, motion controlled so that's another thing that can you know might make some people hesitate but uh, there's just a lot of laughs. I thought the new uh, voice actor for Wario did a great job. And, uh, you know, you just, it's its high quality, frantic fun. It, it's what I was looking for in a WarioWare game, what I was expecting. And uh, yeah, Nintendo hit the mark. So that's my number nine game. Nice. I assumed that would be on your list. I was wondering where it would pop in. I would love to have included it on mine, but unfortunately I don't have it. I was 
thinking to get it this week, you know, Christmas week. I thought I might mm. have some time, but I just didn't get around to it because then, you know, maybe it was on my list. But that would have just made my job harder to find this <laughs> prop for it. <laughs> if and when you do pick it up, I think your kids are going to love it, Gemma. Yeah, it sounds super fun, you know, based on your review and everything. So, yeah, I'm glad it uh, hit the spot. That's for sure. So moving on to Justin, what's your number nine game of 2023? This is sort of coincidental, but um, I'm realizing there's nines in the title of this game, but um, <laughs> F099 is Ooh, cool. nice. uh, number nine pick. Um, I don't know if you guys got to play it, but uh, I did. Yes. I thought, it, I thought it was a good, you know, I, I haven't always resonated with the 99 games. Uh, I, I did play Tetris 99 quite a bit. Um, and I think there was like a, there's some like Mario, uh, 20, uh, 35th anniversary one, yeah. that was kind of, uh, like a mashup that was kind of interesting, but, uh, F zero 99, like I've, I've been wanting Nintendo to do a new F zero game for a long time. And, um, this one was a lot of fun. It goes back to the roots of the original on the super Nintendo. So it has all the mode seven, graphics and you know obviously introduces a battle royale type mode and some new uh gameplay mechanics um they have added like new maps and kind of like a typical grand prix to kind of uh, get people to dip their toe into what the uh, the core game was used to you know you kind of go through these various tracks and just try to try to win each cup and all of that so um i'm hoping uh, i know uh my nephew uh, one of my nephews, he was, uh, he got really into it and he's like, man, do you think they'll do a, a new F zero game? And I was like, well, I mean, if, if it does well, they, they get a lot of people playing it and, you know, get kind of this younger generation. I feel like, I feel like F zero could find an audience if Nintendo, uh, not just to the hardcore fans. I think there's plenty of, um, of the newer generation that would play a new game or, or even if they do a remake of GX or something like that, which I know people have been clamoring for. So, um, anyways, it's it was a lot of fun oh that's cool because i remember when they announced that and you were a bit kind of disappointed that it wasn't a new <laughs> f-zero <Yeah>. title <laughs> but i'm glad it, it sort of i guess hit the spot a little bit or you know it can tide you over until maybe something new comes along by the sounds of it yeah, yeah. yeah. scratch the itch a little scratch bit the itch, I like, yeah. ah, I, I want, I want <laughs> and it just it just makes you want it even more right like the the new one or a new one yeah. And I agree. It was, it was fun. I did try that one. I played it quite a few times. I like the way they did it. It's fast paced. Obviously it's crazy, yeah. chaotic fun. So <laughs> That one was hovering in my honorable mentions for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, I did play it too. And uh, I probably would have had it maybe even in my list if I just wasn't so bad at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. To be clear, I'm terrible at it. I, I don't, I think I may have broken the top 20 once, but I, you know, <laughs> Right. Okay. Wow. Given up on being uh, finishing the first (laughs) or any of the. I just assumed you'd be uh, like really good. You're very good at Mario Kart, so I thought maybe that would translate to F Zero. A a lot of. uh, I'm not a big fan of battle royale games, honestly, because I I do think it's a lot of uh, people may come at with me with pitchforks, but it's a lot (laughs) of like, it's a lot of randomness, especially in F Zero Ninety Nine you're basically just bouncing off people for the first yeah. <laughs> lap. So, so it's, you know, like, yes, there is some skill to, to managing your boost and, and all of that. And yes, you can spin and, and, you know, knock people away. Like there, there's, there's definitely some nuance to the gameplay, but 
I think we'd all be kidding ourselves if there wasn't some some randomness and luck and chance. Mm. Uh, Yeah. um, Anyways. Cool. Oh, I'm glad it made the list. Thank you, Justin. Let's rotate back to Kirk for number eight. This one, I'm not sure if I'd call it a JRPG. It's the second game on my list published by NIS America, however, and they do a lot of these style games. This one is Labyrinth of Galeria, the Moon Society. Um, it's cool. such a complex game that I don't want to go into too much detail on about what it is, but uh, I, I think the closest equivalent maybe would be like Etrian Odyssey, mm-hmm. where you're going into these dungeons and you're mapping them out as you go and kind of pushing as far as you can and then retreating back and acquiring new items or skills or upgrading. Um, the, the main gist here is that you're building these uh, brigades of witches, basically, and you can fill them in so many different ways to get so many different powers to be able to continue to push into this. Um, but it's got a very, the coolest thing about it, aside from the exploration and you know mapping out these dungeons, which is very addictive, is the, the story is kind of like this dark fairy tale. I, I want to say it's an adult fairy tale. It does touch on some mature topics, but not in a way to make it inaccessible to teenagers or anything. It's not like a too bad. It does have an M rating, but I I don't think it's fully warranted, Um, but just a very fun, very addictive game that I ended up sinking a lot more hours into than many of the games that I reviewed this year. Nice. Excellent. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, my number eight is one I've talked about a few times on the show, which is Vampire Survivors. <laughs> and I just love this game. It's just so much fun. Uh, I still haven't hit that 30-minute mark, so the, the goal is to survive for 30 minutes. <laughs> I still haven't made it. But Are it's, you above it's, 25 now? We left off at 25. Yeah, right? I think the best is 20. It's like 26 or like 25, oh, 58 or something like that. It's like... <laughs> It's intense and it's, um, yeah, it, you know, you, you collect coins along the way and so then outside of the game you can sort of level up your characters. You can buy kind of power-ups. You give yourself a bit more, I don't know, status, I suppose, to help in the next the next time you do a run. So it's uh, it's so simple, the concept. You know, you're just in a, a room that kind of scrolls indefinitely sideways. You can go up, down, left or right, but it's a top-down perspective. And there's just hordes of different enemies and they start off relatively simple, but of course your weapons also start off relatively simple. And then as you level up, you kind of choose which weapons to upgrade. And then you, you know, there's whips, there's uh, like boomerang type things. There's this kind of flash that gets rid of everything on the screen. There's like this holy Bible that rotates around you. It's, it's got a very Castlevania-esque vibe to it. Just, it just reminds me of Simon Belmont. There's the dude with the whip and it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, the graphics are just also kind of that retro style, like 16-bit-ish. So it's right up my alley. Um, and you don't have to press anything. You just walk and the 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 uh, attacks just happen automatically. So you just have to survive. That's all you have to concentrate on, on is surviving. And you kind of have like a little health meter, but as it depletes, uh, once it depletes fully, you turn into this little coffin. And if you have multiple players, you you can respawn. It just takes like 30 seconds. So you have to – your other – teammates have to survive those 30 seconds until you respawn if you all die once then it's game over so yeah uh i love it <laughs> it's really good it's really really fun um yeah it's it's kind of up there in my top played games of the year actually surprisingly as well so i must mm. have spent a bit of time with it this year it's just really easy to just pick up and have a go but i think as i said on the show maybe a week or two ago it's hard to play on your own it's a you can certainly do that but 
uh, it's much easier with more people. But I think they probably throw more enemies at you as well if there's more people. So, yeah. Anyway, one to check out. And it's really cheap as well. It's it's a couple of dollars, I think, maybe up to $5 or something. So, yeah, a worthy worthy entry into my list at least. <laughs> but, Trev, what is your number eight? Uh, so it's interesting. I was looking at uh, Metacritic's uh, top you know, reviewed Switch games of the year. And the game I have on my list is just ahead of Vampire Survivors. So, Ooh, okay. Yeah. And that's the making of Karateka or Karateka, ah. depending mm-hmm. on how you say it, uh, which is, of course, adopts the, uh, the digital eclipse style with that interactive timeline, which I just absolutely love. And uh, they've really done a lot as a, you know, as a gaming historian buff. I love stuff like this, but, you know, even just as... To, to play like the uh, Karateka remaster is great. They have some of the developers early works that have been updated and they're just fun. And uh, I love the format and they're going to continue with it in 2024 with a, I think it's a Jeff Minter collection. So um, yeah, the making of Karateka, it didn't get a ton of reviews cause it is more of a, uh, you know, a niche audience, but uh, hopefully if, if you're browsing through, you know, Metacritic and you see it's got, universal acclaim uh yeah check it out check out our review too yeah i remember you talking about that one it does sound very interesting yeah awesome thank you Trev. so that was in the metacritic top 20 as well is that what you're saying yeah it had yeah. Uh, 90 which i think it was just ahead of vampire survivors which had 88 if i cool. remember right so nice very nice good to see and that's um, good too because there's always that one person that you know is going to read it low so if it can yeah. get a universal acclaim, you know it's doing something right. Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. Um, very cool. Thank you very much. Okay, let's move on to Justin for your number eight, please. Hey, and this is another uh, Pokemon-related one, but uh, this is this is interesting for me. Like, it's been one of my most played um, games this year, but it's the DLC for uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Ah, oh, nice. And. Uh, there, there are times where, like, obviously, the performance of Scarlet and, Scarlet and Violet, like the, the frame rate, there's like even just the, the look of it is, it leaves much to be desired. But the gameplay is still just so cozy to me, the, just the Pokemon formula. So, um, and I've loved a lot of the new Pokemon designs in this generation. And uh, these two DLC packs this year, the last, uh, the second one just came out kind of weird it came out like december 15 i was like man i haven't seen like a game or you know dlc release that late into the year um but it's been a lot of fun uh some new pokemon in those two to, to catch so um they basically added a hundred hundred classic pokemon in each pack um cool. so i think now like like the total pokedex that you can catch in Scarlet and Violet with all the DLC is like 400 plus Pokemon. They typically don't have you uh, let you catch all 1000 plus Pokemon that have, you know, because they are over a thousand now, but um, they didn't introduce some new legendary mythical Pokemon and things like that. So um, anyways, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I do hope that uh, some of the, you know, if there is a switch Two or something like that, that uh, Pokemon, I think could benefit quite a bit from some of the performance games of a new system but um, anyways still a lot of fun so 
Yeah. I'm glad that made your list. I was hoping it would. I wanted to add it, but I haven't played it. <laughs> like as in I played it at PAX and then I know it's out and I just haven't had a chance to get it. And I'm like, if I pick it up before the end of the year, it, it probably would make my list. But unfortunately, I haven't picked it up yet. So, yeah, I'm glad it made yours. Yeah, because I did. I really enjoyed Scarlet. And, well, I had Violet. Um, I think it was in my top 10 last year. And I think when we were talking about our, our Years in Review recently, it was my number one game of, I think, January uh, of this year because I was playing it so much back then. So, yeah, good to see that it's on your list. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Circling back to Kirk for number seven, please. What's your number seven? My number seven is Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition. Um, cool. Published by Dot Emu. This was a game I played a long time ago um, on the iPhone, more accurately on the iPad. I tended to play it there. Um, Might and Magic, of course, has been around forever. This isn't really a traditional Might and Magic game. It's it's more of a puzzle-oriented game, um, but with a lot of combat, turn-based combat, where you've got an army on um, the top of the screen, you've got an, your army on the bottom of the screen, uh, or vice versa, sorry. Um, and you're launching attacks at each other, uh, building up uh, chains. Uh, if you chain certain um, t- uh, warriors, I guess, they're all individual warriors, of individual colors, you get more points on the attack. You can build up defenses along the way. There are different unit types, so but they, they attack at a different amount of turns. Like, let's say if you set up a chain, it may take three turns before they're allowed to move. The enemy, in the meantime, could wipe them out, so they can't. Some have better defense, some don't. Um, so there's an awful lot to manage, but it's just a really engaging um, system. I played it mostly on the iPad, as I mentioned, but never finished it. I got hung up on a couple things and then just quit and getting it back on the Switch. I was able to push all the way through and just had a great time with it. So um, if you haven't played it yet, I do recommend if you're into this kind of game, then it's it's certainly worth it on the Switch. A great way to play both docked and in handheld mode. Brilliant. Thank you, Kirk. I do remember you talking about that one uh, earlier this year. So, yeah, glad that made the list for you. (laughs) It does sound very good. Um, Moving on to my number seven, and this is one that we've already mentioned, which is Dave the Diver. So, yes, I did review. Yeah, I did review this one. I did enjoy it. I think, uh, yeah, like Trev said, Justin uh, mentioned it to us. I think when they announced it, Justin, you said you you were the only one of of us who had tried it previously. And um, I was very happy to give it a go. It just looked so unique and kind of weird. And it is. <laughs> but it totally yep. works. <clears throat> it's such a fun me- mesh of genres. And the story is really quirky and amusing. The characters are great. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just so different to anything else I played this year. So it absolutely had to make my list. Um, this is another one I questioned where to place it. But there it is at number seven. So <laughs> let's move on to Trev. What's your number seven, Trev? It speaks to the uh, the quality year we've had when a game like this is only number seven. But I had Metroid Prime Remastered. Wow. And I sort of wrestled with some of the things you did with Advance War, Gemma, that, you know, this is just a an HD version of, you know, of, of GameCube or Wii games. Like, um. So, yeah, I really, it's one of those, I, I feel like I could have had it in the top three, but when all of a sudden done, I had to to put it where it was, but it's just, it's a great game. And obviously, if you've never played it, I, I think it would 
uh, be even higher. It's the sort of game that, you know, just talking about it now, I'm thinking about oh, jumping back into it. But mm. it, I really sunk a lot of time to it into it early in the year. It was an earlier, I think it was like a first quarter release in 2023. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great game, and I, I do feel bad having it lower. But other up here, Nintendo uh, staffers had it higher up. I know so. Cool. <laughs> me for just having it at seventh. Yeah, it's hard, and it's a very personal thing. It's and and we've I think like we've all been saying it's it's tough. It's a tough choice, but you know, the choices have to be made. So <laughs> thank you for making the tough choice, Trev. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's your tough choice at number seven? Oh man, yeah, um, Super Mario RPG. I know. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. that that does sound like a tough choice and a controversial yeah. one to me. <laughs> uh, you know, lower on the list, but man, it it has been really good. Um, I haven't I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I think such a faithful, you know, remake um, uh, of the original. And yeah, anyone who hasn't played it or uh, hasn't played the original or has played the original, it's 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 fantastic. Um, I. I'm trying to remember another remake that's been so faithful, but so, yeah, I don't know. Like it's visually stunning and yeah. So familiar. I, I don't know. It's hard, <laughs> but, um, definitely fantastic, but yeah, that's the, that's the tough, the tough year. We've yeah. Had. That, is, yeah. <laughs> that is a tough choice right there. <laughs> I can't wait to see where that lands on your list, Trev. I know where it is on mine. Well, I feel like Justin's getting me back with that <laughs> for my Metroid Prime pick. So yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> back uh, at you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thank you, Justin. Moving back to Kirk, what's your number six title? And is it a tough choice? <laughs> it's a surprising choice. Um, when I got it, I did not know I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. This one is Bayonetta Origins, oh. Sarah's and the Lost Demon. Um, right. I was surprised by this one because I didn't enjoy Bayonetta 3. Um, this is a mm. completely different game, however. It's more of a, uh, uh, it's kind of a puzzle action game. It's built like a fairy tale. It centers around Bayonetta when she was young, um, maybe around teenage years, maybe a bit younger, but she uh, is coming into her own with her witch powers. She's warned not to go into the forest. She goes into the forest. Everything goes bad. Now she needs to continue through it to set things right. Um and she ends up with a, uh, she, she gets a hold of a demon that somehow, I can't remember exactly what the steps were, but kind of becomes a stuffed toy for her, yeah. but can still unleash its demon powers. Um, so the two of them need to reluctantly work together in order to access new areas of the forest in combat. Um, but it's just a very, as gentle as a Bayonetta story can be. It's, it's a, a <laughs> gentle, slightly macabre fairy tale. <laughs> um, it, uh, was wonderfully engaging throughout. I got into it the entire time, uh, enjoyed the process. It does start to get a little old after a while. It never really evolves too much. So you enjoy it more at the beginning than at the end, but it, it doesn't lose so much of its charm that you d don't want to finish it. Um, a very surprising choice for me. Um, but also a, a bold decision to even make this game in the Bayonetta universe. Mm. Um, so, uh, good time. Yeah, I agree. A very bold choice. I don't know what the reaction was at the time from hardcore Bayonetta fans, but it is such a different, you know, approach to things than the the actual, you know, the main mainline games. Um, 
yeah, don't know how it did, but I did try the demo so I can, you know, I can verify that it is <laughs> quite unique and, yeah. and quite, I enjoyed my time with the demo for sure. So yeah. And very yeah. pretty too. I, sh- I should mention that the it graphics is. are just so colorful and, and, mm. and well done. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to say magical because it sounds like I'm gushing too much, but, uh, <laughs> But I'm going to say it anyway. It's just got a whole magical feel. Yeah. Sounds a bit Disney to me. But. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably another reason I bail on it. Yeah. If Disney could make things this good, I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That is the perfect way to sum that one up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. Um, my number six is another indie title for me, <clears throat> which is called Planet Cube Edge. And... This was a platformer that I reviewed earlier this year, maybe first quarter. I can't remember exactly when it was. And I really wanted to throw it in and into this list just because it it really stood out to me as it was just a standout title overall. Like I love my platformers. I think everyone knows that Mario. I love the Mario series. I love anytime a platformer pops up in our review queue, I'm like interested immediately. Uh, I love to compare them. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, because some are done very well and some are done not so well. This one is done really well. It's probably my favorite platformer since Mario. It's just something about it works. It's not, it's got a really balanced difficulty level. Like it's tough, but it's not frustrating. I think they've nailed that really well. And it's about a little robot. It's also quite cute. There's a little robot who's, I think some aliens, this has been a while since I played it, but some aliens have taken over this robot planet, planet cube, as it turns out. And um, this, there's one robot who's, you know, not uh, captured. And so he sets about trying to free all the other robots. Um, and it's, it's really well done. The graphics are great. It's a side-scrolling adventure, obviously. It's a platformer. Um, there's, there's some collectibles to get, which I love. I just love that aspect, you know, trying to find these little hidden gems in a level. The music is really good. It's quite fast paced. Um, they just did a really excellent job with it. I almost even bought a plush toy version of this little dude, the Edge, because oh, wow. <laughs> I think it's called Makeship or something. There's like this website where they make plush versions of characters from indie games. And I saw on Twitter that they were making one for this game. And so I supported it like a Kickstarter type of thing. I supported it. Unfortunately, they didn't get enough support. So I never received my plush version of yeah the, the little little dude from planet cube which i would have loved but now i do get emails from makeship so <laughs> we'll see if anything else turns up yeah uh if you're into platformers definitely worth checking out planet cube edge and that is my number six trev what is your number six so for the sixth spot i had the mario kart uh dlc the booster tracks that's cool and I think I had that on my list last year too. Obviously, you did. A different set of tracks, but uh, this one, to some extent, had a similar debate. Like with with Metroid Prime, like these are mostly familiar tracks, but there were some brand new tracks. And I feel like these tracks, especially the ones that were you know from like the Game Boy Advance, really stood out as different. And I just reminded myself, you know, back in the day. A full Mario Kart retail game would be 16 tracks. And we got more than that this year just in DLC. Yeah. So how do I not have that on my list? Especially when, you know, it's the type of game I can have a blast playing on my own. I can have a blast playing locally with friends. I can have a blast playing online. Uh, I I just had to have it. And I think uh, everyone who's 
you know, who's, who's bought it or who gets it free from, uh, you know, Switch Online. I, I think this is another one that everyone loves. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree with that. Thank you. Uh, Justin, what is your number six? Well, uh, it's the exact same thing in the Mario Kart 8 yeah. DLC. Nice. Hi. <laughs> you guys are best friends again. <laughs> right. Can we just become best friends? Yes. Making <laughs> um, yeah. work together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the you know, DLC for Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, like Trev said, fantastic. It's been it's been really cool to just have the you know, it's almost been with all the other games coming out this year, and you're like, oh, there's a, another Mario Kart DLC and it comes out next week. Awesome. You know, it's been <laughs> yeah. like the, the cherry on top and, mm -hmm. and, and, and just such, you know, good quality. Like that is the nice thing. They got into a really good groove. Like Mario Kart eight is already such a really good value package with all the other levels that are in there. And then to just like, you know, Hey, could, could we have more? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yes. Thank you very much, Justin. That rounds out our number six. Let's circle back to Kirk. Now, this is where we're getting into, I guess, the creme de la creme. It's the top five that we're talking about now. So do you want to lead the way, Kirk, with your number five title for 2023? I will. And I think it's a game I won't have to discuss too much because it will be discussed by many of us later. I don't know <laughs> if I'll catch flack for having it this low, but it is Super Mario Wonder. I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, keep keep in choice. mind though this is not my kind of game i don't enjoy platformers um that much uh you know i could i can review them and take the everything subjectively and consider whether it's something that would be joyful people enjoyable for people who like that kind of game despite all that i love this game i had a great time playing it um my wife and i play it together uh, and it's as good, I think, as one of these games can be. And, you know, like I mentioned, I'm not a platformer guy, even if you're not. Um, it's one you should have in your collection and should be in your top five, as it is with me. Very nice. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's no, I'm, I'm happy with that, Kirk. I mean, I did have Fire Emblem at number 10, so you can't, <laughs> I can't really <laughs> say anything. Uh, I'm sure it's on all our list somewhere. Let's uh, see where it is. But my number five is not that, but it is Mario Kart 8 DLC Deluxe, uh, Deluxe DLC, sorry. So uh, you guys had it six, mine is number five. And I think I need to thank Kirk, sorry, I need to thank Trev because last year you included this, like you said, and we had all forgotten that we could do that or we didn't realize we could do that. So now we do include DLC that's released during the year. Um, I definitely wanted to include this on my list and I've been actually fortunate enough to review every, every uh, DLC pack that's come out. I did all six and I've, uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing oh, yeah. so <laughs> and giving a summary of all the tracks and and my thoughts on them and it's it's tough to review because you know each pack is pretty much as good as the previous and the next they're all very much on par and I think Justin kind of nailed it on the head with what you said about it just being a little surprise that's come uh kind of out of the blue like oh next week there's new DLC for Mario Kart 8 and it never got old I, I didn't ever not look forward to seeing new tracks from Mario Kart 8 like I was excited I'm like the day it's available I will be playing it you know what I mean so it, yeah <laughs> so that I think they did a great, why you're great job so good at it Gemma if you review them all <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but Justin still beats me so <laughs> yeah no it's been a great uh just an absolute blast to play these and I I'm kind of sad now that it's over like the sixth pack is out and and what's next 
I mean, something great will happen for Marikan, I'm sure, in the future. But for now, we have a bunch of tracks uh, to enjoy any time we like. And I love what Trev said, which is that it's good for solo players. It's good for multiple players, you know, local, online. It has it all. So it really ticks all the boxes. So, yeah, very happy with that one. Uh, Trev, what is your number five? So I just got to say most of my top five is dominated by first party things. So I'm so excited to have one indie title that made Ooh. my top five. Nice. And this is a game called Lunark, which mm. if I remember right, is actually the studio's first game. Mm. Um, not, not saying that maybe they haven't, you know, obviously done projects for other studios or whatnot, but this is their first game. And it's a cinematic platformer, uh, very much in the style of like flashback, uh, the quest for identity. Mm-hmm. And I love that genre and, a lot of times developers will try to, to capture that flavor and, you know, miss the mark in this respect or that respect. They'll still be good, but they won't ever be great. This one was great. Not only did it capture the flavor in in an authentic way, I think it really stepped it up in some ways. It just wowed the heck out of me. And, you know, honestly, it was a couple tweaks away from a 10. That's how much I liked it. Wow. And, it's one of those games because, you know, cinematic platformers are not are not regular platformers. They're not for everyone. So it could be overlooked, but I would encourage anyone, at least check out the trailer. Just see the quality, you know, the, the animation. I mean, just, I could go on and on. I know for time I can't, but <laughs> uh, yeah, Lunark, it's at number five and it's my favorite indie game uh, just overall in recent years, I think. Wow. Excellent. Thank you. That's, that does sound interesting for sure. And it looks, yeah, it certainly looks interesting. I haven't tried it myself. Um, Justin, what is your number five title? Yeah, mine is, uh, again, similar to Trev's in that this is the only indie title I have in my top five, but it is a Sea of Stars. Oh, uh, nice. Another, um, I think, you know, Lunark has really amazing like pixel artwork and sea of stars is very similar it has uh, obviously different style but like the pixel art animation is just fantastic in it um for those that don't know sea of stars is very much um you could consider it like a chrono trigger like game um very heavily inspired from chrono trigger uh, both in kind of the uh, and even like classic final fantasy games where you have kind of that zoomed out overworld where you have the characters moving around and then, you know, they will go to some town or some wooded area or something and you, you press A and then you go into that area and you're running around and, and then there's random uh, turn-based battles that happen. But it has a lot of the same gameplay elements of like a Mario and Luigi game. So, uh, or even Super Mario RPG where you can like press, press a button like right as your attack lands or mm. right as enemy attacks lands to do either critical damage or... Um, uh, do a block or something like that. So um, it's got really engaging gameplay. Um, it has some interesting attacks like this boomerang that you can like, uh, again, do time-based uh, uh, effects with it. So you'll send out this boomerang, it comes back to you, you can block it back, hits, you know, a bunch of, it can hit several enemies multiple times. And there's just a lot of really cool combo attacks, which again is something that Chrono Trigger did really well, where, you know, Chrono uses his sword and he, you know, uh, connects with uh, Marl, Marl and um, 
you know, for ice and water and, you know, fire attacks. So there's just a lot of uh, really cool abilities that you get. And it's a really engaging story. It's probably, um, I don't know, 25, 25 hours. So it's not, not super long, but um, yeah, just, just fantastic. Cool. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, I was, I was wondering if that would make uh, some lists. Unfortunately, I haven't played it outside of the demo, but I, I do know Kirk was very interested, so we'll see if it's in his top four. <laughs> Up five on Metacritic, so for yeah, Switch right. reviews, universal mm. acclaim. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. And I, I just don't know if you picked it up yet, Kirk, because you were talking about that for your uh, Christmas kind of sales last week. <laughs> Did you pick yes, it up? Yes, and I, I will say I did not get it yet, um, so okay. it's not on my list. I, That's okay. But I know for certain, had I gotten this game, had I played it when it came out, I it, it would. I, I'm sure it would be a top five. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, j- just from what I read, I am going to get it uh, by next week uh, or two weeks, three weeks, whenever. Whenever I'm able to dig into it, then it it will. Uh, I'll be talking about it on a podcast, I'm sure. But yeah. I'm glad it's on Justin's list because I'm I'm certain it's just wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kirk, sticking with you, we are now at the top four. Would you like to give us your number four title? I will. And it's another game that may be too low on my list, um, but <laughs> I have a couple that you guys don't. So I had to drop some of these down. <laughs> um, and it's Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. The uh, Obviously a fantastic game. The reason why it's not higher, as we mentioned on previous podcasts, is because after a while, all the constructing that you had to do, the building things, it just started to lose momentum for me. And so I kind of lost interest. And even to this date, I still have not finished it, which wasn't the case with Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. So although it's a wonderful game and when you're into it and having fun, it's there. there's nothing else like it. Uh, mm-hmm. But... It, I eventually just had had enough and set it aside and haven't been back to it. So so it, it fell a bit further than it would have otherwise. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, I'm interested to see where this one is on all of our lists. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Um, but moving on to my number four, and you might think this is a little bit too low, Kirk, but this is Pikmin 4 for me is number four. Um, oh, cool. You're cool. Yeah. I'm well, cool. you can probably you can probably guess my top three based on. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you know the the top four or five. Well, especially the top four because okay, they are they are all first party titles, but it's it's hard. It's really really tricky to get these in the right order. And I debated over it uh, many many times. Just like you're saying with Teaser Kingdom, for example, Pikmin Four could have been number one or two or three. It could have been anywhere. It really could have. There. It's such a great game. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to appear in your top three, because you reviewed it and gave it a very high score of 9.5. Uh, I love this game. I love Pikmin in general. I'm a late comer to the Pikmin series. I came with Pikmin 3. So I loved Pikmin 3. I had it on the Wii U and then I got it on the Switch. I also played the uh, 3DS game Pikmin. I can't think of the name of it right now. I'm trying to help you. Hey, Pikmin. Yes, Hey Pikmin, of course, and I love that one. That's obviously a very different style, but it's platformer, which I happen to love. Uh, so that was really cool. And Pikmin 4 just takes the the series into, a, I guess, a, a new-ish direction with, you know, Ochi. Um, but it's still the classic formula that we love, that we know and love. You know, there's a couple of new Pikmin to, to enjoy. There's the nighttime element, of course. Um, one could gush on and on about Pikmin 4. It's beautiful to look at. It's, you know, it's got its own little quirky sense of humor to it, the, the, you know, with a little 
the astronauts always uh, appeal to me with their giant heads, etc. It's just lovely. It, it's such a beautiful game to play. My my son loves it. Um, I think it's kind of almost the epitome of Nintendo's innocence in a way. Like you, they, I love that they can create games like this where it's not about. I mean, it's it's almost. I don't know if it's G rated, but it's like it's family friendly. It's got the action. It's got the battles, but it's just done in such a cute way that it appeals to a very wide audience you know it's got the tactical side to it it's not like it's easy exactly you you have a lot of you know thought to put into it with the strategy etc but it's just very appealing and I, I hope this one did gain more uh followers or more you know players to the series because i think it is a bit of a niche audience for pikmin i'm just glad nintendo stuck with pikmin because you know it's been when was pikmin one release it was GameCube era, right? So it was 20 odd years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 20 odd years ago. <laughs> and yeah. we've only had four games in the series, like the mainline series, so in over 20 years. Um, but I'm glad they still stick with it. I think it'll be a while before we see a Pikmin 5, but hopefully if this one did well, maybe it won't be as long a wait between Pikmin 3 and 4 as we had. So, yeah, we'll see. But that's my number four. Uh, very happy with Pikmin 4. Let's move on to Trev and see what your number four is. I, I swear I'm not plagiarizing your list, but I also had more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like when Justin had F zero ninety nine at nine. We have Pikmin four at four. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that kind of <laughs> yeah poetry. <laughs> yeah, um, I did not pick this one up at at launch. I only picked it up actually um, within this past month. But I've loved it. I'm not surprised because I've been a fan uh, since the GameCube, and then on the Wii with the new play control versions and then on the Wii U and in 3DS. And now with, with this one, um, I actually, when Justin and I did predictions, I predicted this was going to be delayed again. And I'm so glad I was wrong because <laughs> it's been a blast. I don't really have much to say that you didn't already say Jim or, or that Kirk or, or Justin might not say, but I will say that I've had a lot of fun in two player, which I, I wasn't expecting mm. with this style, but, the little pebble shooter, I love it. I've been picking off stuff from a distance while Jen <laughs> does her thing. And we've saved so many Pikmin that way. And that's mm-hmm. what I really like because I hated seeing the Pikmin die mm-hmm. and hearing their little cries of. So th- the fact that I can do that and put a dent in these huge enemies or, or even wipe out certain enemies is just great. So <laughs> um, I haven't beaten it yet, but we've sunk double digit hours into it and uh, we're having a blast. And I agree, it's one of those games I. I could have moved up a couple spots easily, but yeah, I had to settle on four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Thank you, Trev. Justin, what is your number four? Yeah, so my mine's the uh, same as Kirk. I did um, Tears of the Kingdom at um, right, yeah, and you know, I've 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 talked at length about uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and uh, I did I did finish it. You know, I did finish the story and all of that, but. And there's there's definitely a lot I could I could have still done. I think I topped out at maybe like fifty five hours in the game think, or something. Yeah, you finished it in like record time, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was I was very much like a, I'm like at a person at like a big buffet, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to try the things, but I kind of want to make sure I get at least most of the main meal, you know. Like, like I, I wanted to see a lot of what the game had to offer. I did some overworld bosses. I played through the whole game. I did all the dungeons. I, I did not do all the shrines. I, 
for some reason, like I did all the shrines in Breath of the Wild, but for some reason, I don't know, the shrines in this one, and, and I'm sure I've missed out on some really cool things here and there, but I, I don't know, I I just couldn't couldn't get myself to to get through all the shrines in this one. Um, but and anyways, for, from what I played, still like like Kirk was saying, it's it's an excellent game. Like it's hard to, you know, like I, I feel spoiled almost saying that like, oh yeah, it's not the greatest game in the world because it, <laughs> it's so much better than a lot of games in a lot of ways. Mm. But it just, um, you know, it just didn't didn't scratch fully the, the itch I want from Zelda games with with the dungeons. They were improved. The boss battles definitely improved over Breath of the Wild. Um, so I, you know, one of the highlights from tears of the kingdom is that last boss battle with, uh, with Ganondorf. I won't spoil too much, but, um, the, um, uh, uh yeah, I probably shouldn't even mention it, but it, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just a really cool moment. So yeah, Kirk, you, you haven't, you haven't finished it, but that, that last boss battle has a really fun thing that it does that, um, it, it, it gets it gets a chuckle out of you, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was it was really fun. It'd be fun to to discuss the game at length, maybe more. Um, have like a maybe, you know, it's almost been six months since that. I guess a little more than six months, but have some mm. sort of a retrospective on the game and yeah. post mortem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> post mortem yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I I'm already talking at length about this, but um, still still a great game, but. Um, yeah, number four for me. Number four. Okay. Well, that's okay. I actually wasn't sure where that would place on yours. So I think four is pretty good, honestly. Yeah. I do want to just add real quick, if you want to see Flack, check out some of the comments on a Justin's review on the website. <laughs> oh, really? I like I haven't seen any. Uh... Oh, I didn't see those either. No. Uh, we, got, we, got, we got a few. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is fair. You know, it's always, I, I like comments, you know, negative, positive. I just like getting comments, so. Sure. You know, we, we don't always get them. So, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's opinion is valid as long as it's informed. And, you know, obviously Justin beat the game. So, uh, yeah. maybe you shouldn't read them, Justin. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll read them. It's fine. There's, there's mean, your post for them. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> they're all wrong, of course. But, you know. yeah. yeah, exactly. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course. So, yeah. yes. Um, Circling back to Kirk, and now we're hitting the top three. So we're really in the in our stride now. Um, what could possibly be your number three game, Kirk? <laughs> well, we're now at the point where my last three games were all 9.5 reviews for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And these were the only three that got it. So uh, it, it, it makes sense. And this was a late addition because I, I didn't even realize that I could include it. Um, but this is Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the future redeemed expansion pass. Cool. Um, which came out in March for a what was easily my favorite game of uh, 2022 was Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, and this was a 20, 25, 30 hour um, story that happens after that's done. It wasn't just like DLC for costumes or something. It's, it's a whole new game with a tweaked battle system. So it's not even the exact same gameplay as Xenoblade Chronicles 3. They change up um, a lot of things. And it was wonderful in both the story, how it tied in everything, which from my point of view was untieable uh, from (laughs) Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, 
absolutely magnificent, perfectly well done. It was like a great big thank you to everyone who had played all the games and stuck with it all the way through. They nailed everything. It was fun to play. It was exhilarating. I loved it. And I, I can't say enough about it. Um, so I'm glad I, w- I realized that I was able to include this in since, since it came from March. Just yeah. Fantastic. I'm glad you could see. Uh, the enthusiasm comes across, definitely. Um, so, yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's good. You did because that's. I think that was in the top five actually for for Metacritic. Oh, there you so, go. Uh, yeah. So it's good that yeah. it got in there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Well, my number three happens to be Tears of the Kingdom, actually. So, and I debated long and hard about where to place this also because uh, if you're going by how much time I spent on a game this year, Tears of the Kingdom is number one. <laughs> like I spent way more time with this than anything else. Um, but there, there are just two others that I think maybe I preferred overall. Uh, I loved Here's the Kingdom. I spent, like I said, a lot of time with it. It was, you know, I was definitely engaged, you know, throughout May, June, July. Um, but like Kirk, I just, I can't bring myself to go back to it now. <laughs> just like, I don't know. I kind of got over it, I suppose. Yeah. But it is, uh, like we've all said, it's a, it's a magnificent game. It's huge. Like the world is ginormous it's there's so much to do and i think it's almost that overwhelming aspect that has me not wanting to go back now because i'm just i can't face all the things i still need to do (laughs) it's just too much there's too much to do um but absolutely love my time with it maybe i will go back to it you know in next year at some point i'll be like oh maybe i could revisit use the kingdom and um see what I can fill out in terms of collecting all the things and doing all the things. But I loved, you know, I know the story was a bit lackluster and you, you mentioned in your review, Justin, but I kind of liked finding Zelda again. Like I just enjoyed that moment of, of her appearing to me uh, or me finding her and getting the master sword. I kind of liked that. I really enjoyed that little cinematic part that happened. I don't know why. It just felt nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I won't go into too much more detail. I think we've talked about it enough. But, yeah, huge game, just not my number one. Number three. Number three for me. What is your number three, Trev? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit more because um, that's also my number three. And Again, <laughs> oh, I swear I'm not plagiarizing your list. It's just <laughs> the way it worked out. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, you know, it's 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 a great game. I really, um, you know, enjoyed a lot about it. I, I thought the Underground made it feel fresh. I, you know, 100%ed that map. And, um, you know, it just wasn't, I feel like I need to, to justify it, buy it at three when it's not at number one. Yeah. But keep in mind, <laughs> Breath of the Wild wasn't my favorite game when that came out. That was, I think, second to Odyssey. So, Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know. This is, you know, when we do eventually, you know, get back to it, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a great time. Like I had a great time, you know, playing it initially. We sunk, mm. you know, probably a, a couple hundred hours mm-hmm. into it. So like you said, if I was just going by playtime, this would be number one easy. Mm. But there were two games, even though they were smaller, that I just happened to enjoy more. But that's it's not a knock on Tears of the Kingdom just because we all had it at three and four respectively um keep an eye out we're going to be sharing overall staff voting so i'll just throw that out there ah yeah good point yeah this is just us for discussing our top 10 but we do have the team's overall list to announce at the end so good point thank you trev 
Uh, Justin, let's move on to your number three title of 2023. Uh, mine is Pikmin 4. So um, cool. we nice. obviously talked, you guys have talked about Pikmin 4, fantastic game. Um, like, I feel like with the Pikmin games, they just keep getting better. I know, I know some, there's been some detractors that haven't liked Ochi and, you know, all the Pikmin piling on and that kind of changing <laughs> some of the core the core gameplay of Pikmin, and I, I, I could see some of that, uh, but I don't know. I, I still really enjoy myself with Pikmin Four, and um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, like you said. I hope that um, it's not another. Was it nine years or so? I felt like it was a huge, huge gap. Mm, yeah. For so I and I don't think I think the developers even said in some of the, the interviews around launch that um, you know they're they're hoping it's not not as long um, and I think I think it sold decently well I haven't looked at the sales recently but I think Pikmin Four did pretty pretty well as far as the series goes so hopefully yeah a bunch of new people got on board with it and um, the the switch effect basically a lot of. <laughs> People, yeah. people, you know, into just Nintendo games with the Switch. So uh, hopefully that um, yeah. uh, franchise hopefully. going. Yeah, time will tell. Thank you, Justin. I'm glad that made your top three. Uh, Kirk, now we're into the top two. So these are the, the two best games in Kirk's opinion of the year. What is your number two game? <laughs> My number two is Pikmin 4. I thought it might be. Yeah. So. I guess that's higher than you guys. Um, real quickly, I will say the reason why it wasn't number one, and this is um, an obvious setup for my number one, is because <laughs> I felt that some of the things that were on the side with all the management and the different things you had to do in the nighttime, although they, they were all fun in their own way, the Dandori battles, they got in the way of the actual story and the core gameplay of it too much for me where I would be playing and I would like to keep playing, but I'm like, Oh God, it's another day in Dory battle. I'm going to, <laughs> I don't like it when games do that. I like it when I say, you know what? I should be going to bed, but why don't I just push a little bit further? Mm. And Pikmin four, what was, was the opposite of, of that for me? That said, um, as I mentioned, I think when we were talking about this before, there is no other game that's even remotely close to Pikmin that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> it's such true. a unique experience. And, and the core gameplay when you're you're exploring and and you're having these battles and you're finding these treasures and taking back it's so much fun and it's so engaging and and it's one of the reasons i love nintendo is because they could take a game like this which is totally accessible to families um and actually make it fun most of the time when i see fun for the whole family i know that this is going to be a terrible experience and i don't (laughs) want to go anywhere near it but when nintendo says it it's true Mm-hmm. And you can anybody of any age can enjoy this and have a blast with it, as is um, indicated by my family, as we all played it and had a lot of fun. Yeah, very good points. I love that. I completely agree. Completely agree. Thank you, Kirk. I I don't know what number one is. I want to know, but I will get back to that. We'll circle back to you soon. <laughs> my number two, and honestly, this could have been number one. It really could have. Uh, but number two for me is Super Mario RPG. Um, and the only reason it's not number one is because it is a remake. And I thought, I, th- I think that my number one deserves it a little bit more. So number two, Super Mario RPG. For me, this is a completely new game, which is why I could have very easily made this number one because I haven't played this before and I am 
just in love with this game. It is so good. It is so good. It well deserves that 9.5 you gave it, Trev. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I can't even, start, I don't know where to start with this one. It's just so well balanced <laughs> in terms of humor. Graphically, like Justin said, it looks fantastic. Like as an HD remake, it is just beautiful. The cutscenes, I love it. And it, the triple, um, the triple attacks, whatever they're called, you know, when you have your three people do your triple attack, like, mm-hmm. Uh, they just look fantastic. Like when Bowser is in his little clown cart with Mario oh, and Mello. <laughs> I just love it. It's so good. Uh, the the battle system's great. I think you can see how this led to, you know, more Mario-based uh, games like Mario and Luigi, etc. Uh, I love being able to block and attack. Like I just get so much satisfaction out of just pressing the A at the right button at the right time to do an extra attack or do a block. It's just so satisfying. <laughs> I know this is not the only game that does that, but um, even the way that Bowser will turn and say thank you, or they all do, they all say thank you when you heal them. It's just <laughs> everything about it. The dance, I mentioned this on, a, on an episode when we talked about Super Mario RPG earlier this year, when they dance, when they get leveled up and all the other characters are dancing on the screen. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just Which is it. unique. I double checked. The old one had just uh, like a, a static kind of, quick little animation of the oh, individual. There you go. So this is new. And, you know, when I found Bowser, when when he joined my party, I was like, is Bowser going to dance? Because I just don't know about that. So <laughs> <laughs> he did the little side shuffle. I was very happy to see that. Um, and I just love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bust a move. I love the story. I love that Bowser is part of your party, yet he, he thinks that Mario is, is his minion, like he's joining his minions. I just love the humor in it. There's a lot going for it. If if you haven't played this, please do. It's just such a great game. Um, and I'll leave it there. Number two, Trev, what is your number two? Uh, it was it was tough. Um, in some ways, it reminded me of of last year. If anyone caught that episode, you know, I was wrestling between uh, Pokemon Legends, uh, Arceus, Arceus, and my eventual pick, which was Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And it was similar with this. I had to go with Super Mario Wonder. At the right. number two spot, could have easily been a number one, um, but it lands there. And, and there's no shame in that. It's just a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, we've already talked about it a bit and we're probably going to talk about it a bit more. <laughs> but it just it brought the the creativity that I felt the new series was lacking, even though I'm a big fan of that series and played those games a ton. This just felt fresh and exciting and you know roaming the map do i want to go this way do i want to go that way you know like yeah i I can't even tell you it's one i've been playing uh, cooperatively with jen and it just it does so much right even the online which i think i was critical of initially um you know i like you know watching shadows bounce around and you know, when you, when you get put into a bubble form or, or ghost form, whatever it is, trying to find the, the closest live person to pop you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to leave uh, leave the rest of you to talk about it a bit more because I know it's on your list. But uh, just a great game. And I, I've had a blast with it. And that's it. Yeah, nice. Very good. Thank you, Trev. Justin, what is your number two title? Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, you know you guys have heard me talk about metroid prime before and uh, one of my favorite games of all time um and so it it really just got a ton of love i I know i was mentioning mario rpg you know one of the best you know remakes or remasters I, i feel like metroid prime remastered is up there too just a very faithful 
um, uh, remastering of, of the game. The core gameplay is, is, is just as sparkling as it ever, as it ever was. And the, they basically redid all of the assets in the game. The, everything just has so much vivid detail. It's honestly one of the best looking games on the switch. Um, you know, even, even being a GameCube game that's, that's uh, remastered. So, um, Anyways, just just a lot of fun, and it was amazing to have basically like the year kind of started off with that. It was it was like early February, I think, yeah. when Nintendo Direct and Shadow dropped it. So that was just a really cool way to do that. I, I do hope that uh, Metro Prime Two and Three get the same treatment, um, mm. same uh, level of detail, and hopefully those will come out prior to Prime Four, and Prime Four hopefully will come out <laughs> soon. But, <laughs> Um, I'm hoping they're just maybe they'll save that for the Switch successor or something at this point. But mm. us Metroid Seems fans like are uh, thirsty. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Justin. All right. It is the moment of truth. It is the number one game from each of us, starting with you, Kirk. What is your number one title of 2023? Fire Emblem Engage. Of course it is. <laughs> and, and I'm thrilled to be able to say that because uh, obviously I love this franchise. It's my favorite franchise on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but this may be the first time since all the way back to Radiant Dawn on the Wii that I've been able to say that it's my favorite game of the year mm-hmm. for all the others. Um, and the main reason is because this is the one where we finally got back to actually focusing on the game instead of the story and the side stuff and all the extra things that, to be fair, probably saved the franchise when they brought that into Awakening and made it much more than just turn-based battles. Um, but as a guy who just wants turn-based battles, um, <laughs> I was thrilled to be... Now, there is some other stuff that you could do in this, but it doesn't really get in the way as much as it has in the past. The The individual battles were great. They, they focused a lot on the maps and the strategies that you had to use to overcome them. You couldn't just uh, kind of separate people like on the others and kind of drag people out. You had to be smart and engage, especially if you were playing the more difficult level. And if you had permadeath on, which they, they don't make, um, it's not a requirement anymore. Um, but I still played it that way because that's what I love about these games is really focusing on my strategy and trying to get through it without losing anybody. Um, and because if there are characters I don't like, I can kill them and move on and who cares. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just absolutely thrilled with what this game was. Um, so I, I understand if you really liked Three Houses and you played this, it, it didn't have a lot of that and you were turned off fair. Um, but for the rest of us who have been with the series for a long time, it was a great return to form. And I was thrilled um, that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Excellent. <laughs> did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that <might> not... <laughs> yeah. Oh, just a just a little sound effect for you guys. Uh, I thought that was here in Fire Emblem. Yeah, <laughs> I, I figured it was the Simpsons reference to something. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a Donkey Kong character, but I was uh, I was wanting to interject in a, in a dramatic way. But uh, I, you know, Fire Emblem Engage did not um, make my my top ten, Kirk. But I, I really did enjoy it, and I uh, I felt like it was a return to form and. Um, I, I miss the gameplay too, like you were saying. Like I, I had three houses as well, and um, just a lot of the I don't know the school stuff, the story stuff. I, I don't know. There was just a lot of 
it's like, wait, are we going to get to the battles? What about the tournament? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, cause I, I was a fan of the, I mean, uh, GameCube game, the Wii one, those were, those were really like kind of peak. Um, you know, I liked a lot of the DS ones too, but, um, you know, like, again, if you like Advance Wars, you know, Gemma, I, like mm. Fire Emblem, like, uh, has similar, you know, arguably even deeper gameplay too, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 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 And the, the other thing about that real quickly too, is that like with three houses, there were three different houses you could choose to go down, uh, you know, you, you select a character or who you're going to, uh, to, um, decide that you're going to team up with, um, and then you could have a second playthrough where you could team up with somebody else and then jo- join that house and go down that path. But there was so much extra stuff that you had to play through again that I just never wanted to do it because I didn't want to go through all of that. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't have all that as much, but you could play it multiple times at different difficulty levels and focus on different people maybe that you want to uh, uh, keep in your party from start to finish. So be- because there's less interfering, it's more conducive to multiple playthroughs. And that's another thing that I loved about it because I've played Radiant Dawn uh, maybe five times now. Um, I would love to do it with Path of Radiance, but I no longer have a uh, GameCube. So my <laughs> game just sits there on its own and can't be played anywhere. But uh, maybe, well, maybe one day they'll finally give me a uh, digital version I can download for the Switch or whatever's next. Uh, mm. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. That's, that's, a, that's a rare game too. Like that. that's... Uh... I would hang on to that for a while. Oh yeah. I've looked at the resale value on that because I've got it with the box and the manual um, that I put together, I think through three separate purchases and it's, (laughs) I'm going to keep it, but uh, you know, my kids may be able to sell it and pay for my funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you got to go, you got to go with a fire emblem, uh, but but, yeah, <laughs> Sam will end up playing it. He'll he'll yeah. pay for it out of pocket and keep the game. So good for you. Yeah, family heirloom. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Kirk. I think that's worthy. That's a very worthy contender for number one uh, for your list. I love it. Thank you. Um, my number one, probably no surprise either, is Super Mario Brothers Wonder, of course. <laughs> so um, this is, uh, yeah, I love Mario. Just like you, Kirk, Fire Emblem is your favorite uh, Nintendo franchise. Mine is the Mario Brothers series, the platforming series in particular. I've always been a huge fan. I grew up playing the Mario Brothers series. I love, like Trev, I love the new Super Mario Brothers series. Uh, I, I think it cops a bit too much flack in my opinion. Um, but this is definitely a breath of fresh air it certainly took the um the core concept of mario's platforming adventures and put a real spin on it a fresh look a fresh lens if you will um with the the wonder seed and um you know those those moments within each level where you hit that wonder seed and something crazy happens you just don't know what to expect and they were just moments of pure joy like just playing and seeing oh i'm suddenly a goomba or you know now being chased by a giant ball or now i can walk through fire i've got this protective fire bubble and now i can walk through fire like there's just no end to the creativity and i love that the developers uh i think i said this maybe to kirk in a in a recent podcast i would or maybe trevor as well i can't remember sorry but i would love to have been in the room or to be one of those people developing this game and just putting all these crazy ideas up on the wall. Like I, I feel like anything would have gone like, just put up your craziest ideas and then we'll whittle it down. We'll, we'll choose the best, you know, um, that would have been a fun kind of brainstorming session. <laughs> so, and this game 
kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was announced pretty late, you know, it came out, I think October, didn't it? But it was announced not that much earlier than that, like a couple months before that during a direct, here we go. It's Mario Brothers Wonder. Like what? <laughs> We're getting a brand new Mario platformer. So that was a nice surprise. Uh, I will say that I've been again, clamoring for a new <laughs> Super Mario Brothers platforming adventure for a long time because um, the latest, the previous title was a Wii U title again that was, um, gosh, I think it was a launch title, so it must be around 10 years old or so, right? So, yeah, it was a long time between adventures. Um, yeah, I love this game. I could go on and on. It's just, it's it's wonderful to put a pun on at the end. <laughs> it's just a wonderful <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, Trev, what is your number one title of 2023? <sighs> Super Mario RPG. Ah, nice. <laughs> I um, you know, I mentioned in a, a podcast a few months back, I was kind of wrestling even before mm. the game came out because I love the original. But I, I was kind of half joking; I really didn't think it would end up number one. Mm-hmm. But man, I tell you, I just you know, I played it, and it was you know, there's games this year I played longer. There's games this year I played that have probably more replay value, but just in terms of sheer fun this was it for me i love you know it was faithful like justin said but i love the the visual updates i love uh the fact that you could switch between the original music and the updated music and uh, just you know it's just it's just fun i mean i, I probably should mm-hmm. open a thesaurus and find a better word <laughs> <laughs> but mario rpg is it and i love paper mario and the mario and luigi mm-hmm. series but yeah this one is it's still got it. And, you know, I encourage, I know RPGs are not as broad appealing as, say, a platformer, but I would encourage anyone who has never played this game, uh, definitely don't sleep on it because mm. it's a blast. Yeah. yeah, you definitely don't need to be an RPG enthusiast to enjoy it. Like it's it's made, it's accessible like Pikmin, right? It's it's made to for, for, fam- or for anyone to be able to play and enjoy, I think. Do you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, anyone, you know, whether you've never played an RPG to, to even someone like Kirk who, who just loves his RPGs, I think this is a game you can appreciate on, on multiple levels. I, mm. I really do. Whether you're just there for the story or, or the fresh settings and locales, the, the character interactions, you know, whatever the case may be, you're yeah. bound to have a good time. Yeah. I love that. Great Thank time. you, Kev. That is a great number one title. And like I said, I could have easily made it number one. (laughs) I really debated about those two. But yeah, excellent title. Thank you. Justin, it's all down to you. What is your number one title of 2023? Well, mine echoes yours, Gemma. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, Nice. It, you know, just the, you know, it's already been said, but just the creativity of the level design, the, um, uh, the graphics, just just the fun, the the wonderful. Like I, I'm just continuously impressed how fresh everything feels. You know, like the Wonder Flower. I'm like, man, they really haven't repeated one of the the things that the Wonder Flower does in the <laughs> world. Like you're just like, man, there's just there's just a ton of new. You know, it's kind of funny. Like the previous 2D games were called New Super Mario Brothers. You know the series, and like this one feels more new and fresh than yeah. <laughs> than, man, than a lot of the 2D Mario since like maybe Super Mario World. You know, like 
like if I had if I had to give any critique, I do, I do think I think you might have mentioned this, Jim. I mean, did you do the review for this? I think. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think you mentioned like the bosses. I feel like the bosses mm. were not as challenging as I w- I would have liked, and mm-hmm. and even like when you go into the airship and you're just kind of running along the conveyor belt and hit the you know like they're just a little easy. Um, mm-hmm. I would like yeah. to see a little bit more challenge there, but um, other like basically every every everything else was has just been so much fun. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, that's really good point. I, f- I did forget about that. But yes, no, the, ba- the bosses weren't terribly difficult. But there's also, you know, the badges, which I- were way more fun to collect yeah. than I expected. <laughs> there's yeah. roaming around the world map, like Trev said, that was really fun, choosing which way to go. Um, yeah, the- even some of the, like, the- the- there's a rhythm badge, you know, the one where you jump in time to the music and you collect yeah. coins. Like, that's just so useless, mm-hmm. but so fun. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah. I'll add real quick too, if I can, uh, Gemma, to to Justin's point, I feel like Super Mario Wonder for, you know, the certain generation of gamers will be like like Mario 3 was to us or Mario Mm. World was to us. It's just going to be a game that's going to endure. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, Well, that wraps up our top 10. I mean, Trev, did you want to reveal the team's overall top 10 now? I do. There's going to be some uh, expected things and some surprises because, you know, <laughs> keep in mind, we're we're four people on a podcast, but mm. at Pure Nintendo, we have a double digit, uh, you know, employees, <laughs> uh, staff yeah. contributors, which means double digit voting. Right. And there's just uh, to whittle these down and, and tabulate everyone's votes and where they place. It was it was a challenge, but yeah. I just really quickly <laughs> mentioned some honorable mentions that uh, missed the cutoff. We had a couple first party games: Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe and mm-hmm. WarioWare Move It. Uh, both of those games probably could have made the top ten if it wasn't for <laughs> just the, the number of uh, choices out there. So, mm. but uh, number ten, we actually had a, a tie, and this surprised the heck out of me because I didn't think either of these games would make it. But we have a pair of indie games: uh, Lunark, which was on my list. And Terror of Hemosaurus, which was on Kirk's list. Cool. So I'm delighted that we had a pair of indie games slip in at the number 10 spot. I didn't know anyone else had played Terror of Hemosaurus. So. Well, I tell you, surprise. <laughs> uh, number nine, and this is the last indie game before it's all first party, just to prep you, is Dave the Diver, uh, which... Uh, Gemma and I had on our list kind of lower, but mm. I, I feel like it's a game. If it maybe came out earlier in the year, maybe more people would have played it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's picking up hype. But yeah, yeah, number nine. Uh, so number eight is Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp, which I think only Gemma had on on her list. Oh, cool. But when we tabulate uh, everyone else's votes, it slips into the top ten. Uh, number seven even though Justin and I didn't have this game on our list, is Fire Emblem Engage. <laughs> cool. So thankfully, some of the other staff um, were able to put that on their list. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll stick around for another year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six was interesting. It's Metroid Prime Remaster. This one actually didn't get as many votes as some of the others, but um, you know, some of those who voted for it had it quite high which helped quite a bit in these mm. rankings. So. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, number six, Metroid Prime Remaster. So number five, we have the Mario Kart uh, DLC uh, booster tracks, which were very popular with a lot of the pure Nintendo crew. Nice. And I, I got to say, most of the pure Nintendo crew is is better than me. So <laughs> uh, number four, and from here, four to one is all very, we're talking about maybe like a vote or two difference. Mm. Uh, we had, ironically, Pikmin 4. <laughs> it was a uh, popular one that a lot of the team picked up and, and enjoyed. Uh, just edging that at number three is Super Mario RPG. Cool. And now here's the big one. Because if you were to listen to this podcast, you would think our game of the year is Mario Wonder. But that actually is our number two game of wow. the year. Yeah. And... Despite us all having it at three and four, and you factor in the entire crew's votes, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom won out by the slimmest. And I mean slim margins. We're talking like Splatoon versus Mario Maker back in 2015 margins. That's how yeah. tight it was. But there you go. Surprise. Surprise. No, I, I'm not surprised because I bet everybody on the staff, um, maybe not everyone. The majority of everyone probably played uh, mm. Tears of the Kingdom, but not everyone would have played uh, Wonder. Yeah, that's so that absolutely more right, votes. Sir. Is that the case? Okay, yeah, that I, yeah, that makes because sense. Because they actually got equal number of a uh, first place votes. I think um, they each had a pair of first place votes, and pretty much everyone had Tears of the Kingdom. I think the lowest was was four actually from. From you and Justin, everyone had it in the top three. Uh, pretty much most people, I wonder, in the top three as well, but uh, more people bought Tears of the Kingdom. And that's really, it's like one person bought it and their one vote was like the difference. So, wow. Yeah, there you go. That makes I could, sense. I could see, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. That's... So, yeah, yeah, it's just goes to show you, even though we're the, uh, maybe the vocal voices of pure Nintendo, <laughs> we're, we're not the ultimate say. So, yeah, sure. well, at least when we post this online, we won't get, we won't cop any flack over yeah. it. So. <laughs> Once again, Zelda edges out Mario. It's like Breath of the Wild beating Mario Odyssey all over again. <laughs> uh, poor, Mario. <laughs> poor Mario. Well, Mario's number one in my eyes. That's okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much, Trev. That's an awesome list. Um, are we going to post that on our website or something for we People probably should. I was uh, oh, working yeah. on something for the mag, but yeah, we probably should have something on the site. So I'm going to, uh, cool. I'm going to either work on that myself or delegate that to someone. Cause yeah. <laughs> I think it's worth seeing, you know, how the overall team choices, you know, how they, they match up to our individual ones. And there is mm -hmm. some, you know, unique ones on here. So. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, that has been such a fun discussion. Was there anything else anyone else wanted to add before we close things off for the year? Anything from you, Kirk or Justin? The only thing I would say is that I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in 2024 because since it, we're likely going to get a new console, I think that opens up a lot of options for um, what's going to end up hitting it. So I th it's fun just to anticipate what this could be next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, would I think. Yeah. echo that excitement that um yeah next year like this year was already such a good year for nintendo and the switch but uh next year has the potential to be 
you know, even better with, with a new console and, um, you know, potential, like I would, I would think Nintendo's probably saving some heavy hitters for the launch of a new system. So mm-hmm. um, mm. I think it's, yeah. it's going to be really interesting. And I think, uh, I think last year we did like a predictions podcast. So maybe here in the next um, week or so, uh, I know Trev, you and I, uh, I have a reminder on my, my calendar to uh, write up some predictions. <laughs> And uh, uh, tomorrow, hopefully, I'll get some time to um, to write mine up. But, but it'd be cool to do a podcast here soon to uh, before the year gets too far in that that we um, try to try to get our predictions out there before stuff starts happening. Because I'm I'm sure mm. with a big year like this, if there is going to be a new Nintendo system, uh, there there may be things getting announced pretty soon in the year. Or um, anyway, so we'll get our predictions yeah. in. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds great. We can do that in the next week or two for sure. Um, I would love to do that with you guys. Thank you so much uh, to everyone. I said this last week, but only Kirk and I were on. But if you didn't listen, I did say thank you, Trev, for joining us uh, most weeks and Justin throughout the year as well with Katie. It's been such a pleasure talking all things Nintendo with, with this group. And I do hope listeners have enjoyed hearing about all things Nintendo as well. We certainly would love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback or comments or suggestions, please let us know. And as always, um, like and subscribe on YouTube or give us a rating on one of the podcasting channels, such as Spotify, Amazon or Apple. We'd love to hear from you. We have certainly had a big year. It's This is episode 43. So we've covered pretty much uh, every week of the year. <laughs> we had a slightly late start, I think, in February or March uh, earlier in the year, but Week to week, we've done a pretty stellar job, I think. So thank you. Uh, it's wouldn't we couldn't do it without without you, listeners, without you, crew. So yeah, um, here's to 2023, and here's to 2024, and what we can look forward to. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Until next week um, and next year. <laughs> Game on, everybody! All right. Happy New Year! See ya! Happy New Year! Bye.